Hi, welcome to the Shapeshifters Podcast. My name is Genesis Guevara, and I'm here with Jennifer Salcedo, and it is time for another conversation. Mm. Hopefully, one that will take us and you, the listener, one step closer to making sense of the world around us so we can build happy and fulfilled lives. Boom. Okay. So, Cliff, you don't know Jennifer. Jennifer, you don't know Cliff. Um, Jennifer she is my uh, friend from college. She's one of my best friends, and uh, we met because we were in the Corps of Cadets. Uh, she lived downstairs. I live upstairs. We just struggled. You know, whenever, suffering together really bonds people, you know? Yeah, bonding through <laughs> suffering. That's good. Yeah. And Jennifer, Cliff used to be my, like, manager, supervisor. I get confused between your role and Neil's role, but um, at Noble Energy, that's where I met Cliff. Cliff's awesome. You guys can say hi to each other. Jen, it's <laughs> nice to meet you. you I'm, well. I'm a firm believer. I hate the idea of, of boss or manager or supervisor, I really believe that good leaders are just basically like, almost like admin assistants, you know, whatever you need. Do you need pencils? Do you need uh, help on a project? Do you need something? That's that's what I think a, a role of a good manager is. And so but it, was, it was a fantastic opportunity working with someone as, as motivated as Genesis. I mean, look at her podcast. That's incredible. You know, so I'm happy to, happy to be on here with, with you guys and your work. Thanks, Cliff. No, um, but on that note, someone has to be in charge because uh, I don't know what throwback TV show I was watching, but they were like, you cannot have two leaders. Like, if you have two leaders, the whole pack will die. One leader has to win. or Because someone has to be making the decisions, you know? Well, do you, do you mind? So I like to call you guys the Council of Gin. That way I can just describe both of y'all as I'm talking to you. If you guys are okay, that, I it, love that. I, I, uh, I'm sure the I saw that you guys had Carmen and Jay and some other great people on your, your podcast previously, but I'm not sure if I've told you. But it's incredible that you guys stood this up. You know, the not only did you have an idea, and you know the the craziness of saying, "Hey, let's put it together and, and get this podcast kicked off." But you know, a lot of people talk about doing this kind of stuff, like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to go do X, or I'm going to start a, a group, and I'm going to do this." But you guys did it, so it's it's incredible. So I'm very happy to. To be on board in the early years when you guys get super big and top 10 list on on uh, the podcast streaming. Uh, awesome to scroll those early days when uh, I was on there and, and got to, to chit chat for a little bit. Oh, yeah. With the likes of Joe Rogan, Armchair Expert. It's only a matter of time. Stuff, yeah. Council of Gens will be the next Joe Rogan. Yeah. Man, we should have called it that. Council of Gen, that's genius. That's oh crazy. All I, all I, I ask is that. $1 per podcast that you'll do that. <laughs> Can we change it? Honestly? Council of Gens. We'll hold you on that. And, okay. you know, we haven't told the, the podcast this, but Jade actually designed our um, little avatar logo thing. Did she? Yeah, that's she's incredible. really good at art. Yeah. Now, which one is which? So, oh, okay, never mind. It actually says underneath it. So, I see it says Jen on the left and the other gen on the right. Did you all have a battle? Like, who got to decide whose name was first? That seems like an no. important we made aspect that our, of it. I think, was it Jade? Jade was just kind of like, Jade, Jade just, just did it. it. Okay. So yeah. it took it out okay. of our, you know, we didn't have I actually don't know what it looks like. Who's on the left, Cliff? Because I don't even know. It's The other gen is on the left. Don't get angry. <laughs> yell at Jade. Don't yell at me. I just pointed it out. The decision no, already made. Fair. I'm a coffee drinker, so... Jennifer is not, so that makes sense. Is there a coffee cup? What, but oh, well, the the left gin, the J gin, has the, the coffee one? cup. This is all oh, wrong. Man, this is this is all wrong. <laughs> Let's just cancel. We gotta just <laughs> exactly. Let's get rid of the podcast. Cut the, cut the cut the podcast. <laughs> you know what, Cliff? You should just change your name legally to Jen and join the council. Of Jen. That's right. Jin, Jen, Jen. It's like that. Uh, <laughs> what's that? What's that TV show? Um, the cartoon. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, and, 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 and yeah. I'm like, I'll be, I'll be, okay. I'll be Ginny then. That way it's Jin, Jin, and Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look at this. Look at the creativity stemming out from this IT professional. It's, it's, Love oozing, it. it's oozing out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Cliff, it is so nice to have you on here. Literally, you're on whenever we were. Okay, so you, you, you said that you're so glad that we put it into play. Me and Jennifer had been talking about it for a long time before we actually went ahead with it. And, um, you know, like we were both afraid to bite the bullet. And then um, Jennifer's been, me and Jennifer have both kind of been really switching our lives up, trying to like be the best we can be. And Jennifer one day was like, you know what? 
let's start it. Like, let's, you know, come year 2022, like we're going to do it. And we're like, you know what? Like, let's just do it. Like we're scared, but you know, you just got to move. And so, you know, we started coming up with ideas, a list of all the topics, people that we would want to bring on here. You know, what are we going to call it? Oh my God. Trying to figure out the name of it was hard. It was like everything we could think of that was clever already taken. Um, so we kind of landed on shapeshifters because we're like me and Jennifer are very open-minded. So like the way I think now of the world like has shifted so much because I'm very willing to like take anybody's input and consider it. You know, like some people are very like grounded in like what their beliefs are. But for me, I'm like, if you give me a, a good enough, like a very a, a convincing enough argument, I'm going to be like, mm, you know what? Maybe you're right. You know, right. so yeah, so that's why we're called the shapeshifters and why our heads got little like squ- squigglies around it because, you know, we're always willing to change and shape our minds. And that's how we think we're going to grow and improve and become the best us that we can be. I think I, I think the idea of every person having an individual opinion is a, a fundamental part, not only, of course, of, of a good student, a good worker, a good uh you know, member of the country that's a voting, et cetera. It's good mm-hmm. that every single person I think is able to, um, you know, gather the information around them and, and form their own opinions. Right. And, uh, yeah. I think with, uh, you know, the political atmosphere that we, uh, live in currently and, you know, the, uh, depending on what, what schools we go to or the influence of our parents, but I think it's okay to have strong ideas and it's fantastic. You have strong ideas. Just be, have them be your ideas. Make sure that, you know, that you're gathering the information that you're at least listening to, you know, both sides, whatever story it happens to be. And then you yeah. form an opinion and go out there and, and, and fight for it, you know, and something that you believe in. And so that that's awesome. And obviously a, a podcast like this and bringing on uh, people to talk about uh, their backgrounds, their personalities, what makes them tick. Um, and I think, through this podcast, hopefully we'll see that, you know, it's, it's interesting. We all come from different backgrounds, but a lot of times we kind of have a lot of fundamental things that are the same about us. You know, it's family or it's career, it's the, the paths that we would like to take in the future. And a lot of times, uh, I don't know you guys, but the most successful people I see, their path isn't always success. It's, you know, it's challenges or it's a, uh, Hey, someone needs to step up and, you know, nobody else did. So I stepped up and created a podcast and let people rant for an hour, you know, whatever it is that uh, you go and do it. But I think uh, the true the people that have excellence or uh, people that are, are truly successful are ones that, you know, just uh, I think aren't afraid to to go out there and do it. So, again, super proud of you guys for starting this podcast and, and happy to be on. Thanks, Cliff. Um, so, Jennifer, do you want to kind of introduce yourself so Cliff actually knows how awesome and wonderful you are? Because he literally has no idea. Oh, okay. okay. I have no idea how awesome you are. <laughs> well, that's all you need to know, Cliff. So, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, so again, AM, I went to business school. I actually went to try to do engineering. Couldn't do that, couldn't figure out calculus. Um, still can't, and I'm not willing to. So, um, and then I just switched gears to the the, the business school. So I graduated there and I have a background in supply chain management. And so I was an operations manager for about three and a half years, hated it. And it, we, that's on my first, uh, on our first podcast, we were just talking about my life journey. And, um, I, that was like a real pivotal moment for me, for me to just kind of step out of the fear and go out on my own. So I actually went self-employed, um, for two and a half years. And, and now I'm like switching gears and being, I'm a loan officer now. So I invest in real estate and I thought, why not have a career that's aligned with my passion? Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm again, kind of in a learning and working phase um, while investing in real estate. So that's kind of my, my gig. I'm not, um, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Um, so I have a lot of time to, you know, work on myself and be with family and friends. So that's kind of a gist where I'm at. No, that's, that's fantastic. And so um, going from operations manager to loan officer, is there, a, was the shift to get away from management? Was it the type of work that you're doing? Or is it just, hey, I, I want to change and this, this loan officer stuff seems pretty cool? Yeah, so I, it's different. I actually love challenging myself. So I found out that um, to, I like money. 
that's my hobby. I like making money. So I was like, man, I, I hear these successful people and the number one skill that they have is sales. And I was, I grew up thinking that sales was this sort of um, job that wasn't, it was very like, I don't know, um, kind of looked down upon. You don't see many Asians in sales. That's, that's a true statement, right? It's always, you go to the medical field, you, you go in business where it's, you know, stable. Um, but sales, you kind of have more of a, an entrepreneur mindset behind that. And I knew I had that. So I was like, I, had, I know zero thing about sales. I've never had a sales job in my life. And so I, I pushed, pushed myself and I'm still doing it because I was like, this is, if this is the way I want to go this route to teach myself something I never knew before. So, um, the operations background, I, I'm good at it, but I don't like it. So it's like, where, what can I do something different where I can challenge myself to do something that I might end up liking instead of putting myself in a position where I, I see myself not liking it. I'm good at it. And then I would continue doing it. It makes no sense to me. So Right. right now it's it's challenging because um I want to learn all the ins and outs of like the system itself because I'm on the computer but I have a manager who's like no 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 I just need you to like get get us leads I need you to lock in all these sales right and I'm like oh okay that's all you need me to do he's like yeah get on the phone for like hours and just get people and he's like I'll help you like exactly how you said in the beginning you know a manager and a leader is supposed to be of support just tell me what you need and I'll get it for you right so I have a great manager. Actually, I'm, I'm really impressed, um, fortunate to have a, a wonderful manager to think the way that you do, Cliff, because that's kind of who I like on my back and beside me and in front of me. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. That's fantastic. And you, you I think you touched on, on something critical. I, uh, my uh, wife, we'll probably cover a little bit, but she was a teacher for many years and realized, Hey, I'm not making any money. And it wasn't so much the money course. It was, you know, the, unfortunately it's, it's kind of a poor state right now being a teacher mm -hmm. in Texas, not just uh, the money, just the bureaucracy and paperwork and the challenges they face and stuff. And so um, she ended up switching careers in going into uh, right now it's a uh, banking side and um, it's, it's incredible how good a, a good manager can be whatever industry you are. Cause I think you can find good times and you can find, you know, difficult, uh, challenging scenarios and any type of business you have. But if you have a good manager that, you know, understands, um, Hey, I, I need some help with this or, Hey, I'm sick today or, Hey, you know, uh, I just don't know what I'm doing. You know, how, mm -hmm. how do you, can you tell me what to do? Uh, kind of piece of it. But, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that anyone that is, um, motivated has a good, nature and you know relatively intelligent uh, can basically do any job I, I really believe that you can learn any kind of skill maybe not calculus those people in nasa they there's something different about their brains where they can uh formulate complex uh, equations in their heads maybe that's not for everybody but i think for most of us um you know we can be successful in any job but i think the most important piece is that if you do find a good career you make relative good money and you have a great manager and a great support system you know, it's, it's rarer than people think. I think a lot of people do jump into those jobs and they sit there for a couple of years and they get stagnant and they're like, Hey, you know, it's, it's a big risk leave, leaving a good company and a good manager. Um, and there are certain, I think scenarios that it makes it worth it, but in general, you gotta be really careful because man, it's, it's really nice coming to work and, and liking what you do and having a good mm -hmm. manager that supports you. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you're happier in life too, you know, whether it's like at home with your family, who you're presenting yourself to them and, or your friends, you know, it's like, you're just in a better place mentally. And you spend so much of your time at, at work. It's, it really is a, a fundamental piece of you. You like to think that, Hey, I'm not what my, my work is. You know, I, I, I leave it away and then I go home and, and I start my real life. But uh, you spend so much of your waking hours doing what you do. If, if you're miserable at it, you know, you got to get out, you got to break out, whatever it is. Uh, the money piece important. And you know, through, uh, my career, I've been lucky enough to uh, to be in good situations, good managers, and be in bad situations, a lot of money with bad managers. And man, if if, if you're spending that much of your time in, in a situation that you're miserable with, uh, you gotta you gotta break out, yeah, and and put yourself in a better situation. But um... no, but, for sure. Um, sorry, go ahead, Denver. Oh no, I was gonna ask Cliff the his background of IT. Were you always in IT? No, great question. So I, um, through high school, um, I jumped around a couple of different jobs. I had a, a great opportunity at Walmart. So in a great opportunity, um, 
being that I, I started, I interviewed at Walmart and the only job they had available was a night stalker. And so I went there and I interviewed and then my very first day, I'm like, hey, I can't really work nights because I am a student and they didn't fire me. Amazingly, they're like, OK, all right, we'll stick you in the the, the afternoon shift. So I kind of bamboozled Walmart. I appreciate them later. But um, I went over and worked in the little tire lube express area. Um, and I was really good at, at selling stereos. We didn't make any commission, but I, I really sold some great stereos to people and helped, you know, uh, have a a good car audio experience. So as I was out there and um, we had some type of major loss prevention issue. So every quarter they kind of go through and they inventory your back area and somebody was stealing something, but we had a, a massive amount of loss back there. And so they fired my boss and a couple other managers over there. And so they're like, Hey Cliff, would you like to be the manager back here? And I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds great. Now, um, I was only part-time. I was working after hours at high school. And so uh, for over a year, I was the little manager back there and doing hiring, uh, primarily, you know, pulling people on the weekends, doing hiring and, and all the paperwork, et cetera. Well, my manager was the regional TLE manager, was actually in a different state. And so he didn't really, I guess, know how many hours I was working or how young I was. So a year after I started this job and worked on it, uh, we had a, a video call with all of us. And the guy like stopped in the middle of the meeting. He was like, how old are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm you know, 18 and I'm in high school. And, and he's like, uh, we made a huge mistake, but I was, I was pretty good at it. I thought, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> but so I, I did that through um, high school, but I, I really enjoyed um, IT and technology. I love computers. I love the overall, the change and how new it was. And it was kind of the wild west. And so I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So whenever I quit Walmart to get my very first IT job, um, the amount I was making per hour at Walmart, it took me over eight years to get back to that point at IT. Wow. And actually, so I'd left and I was gone for a couple months and I was working at a, a help desk job and Walmart called me back and actually I kind of jumped ahead in the story, but Walmart called me back and said, Hey, you did a great job. We'd love to have you now that, you know, you're, you're finished up and uh, we'd like to pull you in can we offer you X? And again, it, it took eight years to build back up to that level, but you, I, I knew what I wanted to do and which was it. And later on, I could, I could use the justification that, you know, like human resources, like finance, it is kind of a, a, um, it works across all industries. It's really secure in the terms of, um, uh, knowing a certain set of skills being available to work at any kind of company. And so there's lots of pros of getting into, and of course, salaries and IT are fantastic, but I, I really loved the, the aspects of, of uh, computers and the technology piece itself. And so that really kind of got me into it. Now, that being said, so I worked at a, a company, actually local Harris County government here for about 10 years. And I moved from help desk all the way to the IT manager over uh, quite a number of employees. Uh, I think a, I was a little over 37 uh, employees underneath it. And so I kind of was getting to the point where I was doing more manager than the IT stuff. And mm. um, I kind of missed that aspect of it. The, the parts that kind of drove me into it. Uh, I wasn't doing that. I was doing timesheets and paperwork and yelling at people for the way they smell. And, you know, and, and that kind of piece I didn't quite enjoy as much. And so that's when I switched over to Noble Energy and spent a total of 10 years uh, at Noble Energy. So for me, you know, everybody kind of has that sweet spot. I like being a team lead. I like managing people, but I don't like being that the only aspect of my my job. And so um, the part that got me into IT, of course, was just the technology and the change and everything. But the parts that, that kept me in IT was uh, in IT managers, or I'd say team leaders, really had the opportunity to both be technical people and really engage in the day-to-day, -day, but also have the opportunity to kind of lead and help. And, and for me, again, going back to it is, I don't like managing, I like assisting and helping and, and overcoming barriers. And so it, it gave me the opportunity to do both. So long-winded answer to your question, but hopefully that kind of covered it a little bit. No, that's good. I, um, I realized that the team lead, because I have a team lead too, plays both parts, but you get to be on the operational side and actually like go through the system and not just like yell at people and, and she really loves helping people. So exactly what you're saying is exactly what she do. She does, and I really, I really enjoy it. And the person that has to be in that spot too, I feel like has to have like a really great, great attitude. 
like to get along with others because you're basically like you know the peer right below the manager and then you're kind of above your other peers because you're in the middle right so um yeah i feel like yeah and I, I love the, the name team leader because really I, the old you know supervisor, you're not, you're not babysitting, you know, the, especially in IT, a lot of these people, they're great at what they do. They're usually heavily motivated individuals who uh, got into IT, have years experience or are passionate about their areas. And so really you're uh, leading them to making sure that uh, the team has a goal. We're going to accomplish X. Uh, Genesis is going to be the leader of that uh, piece technically. And my job is to make sure that, hey, it, are, are we staying on track? Um, does Genesis have all the tools she need? Hey, we have a, a team here of seven or eight people. Can I throw some extra people at Genesis to make sure that she's um, you know, reaching her goals, et cetera? But that's really not like the, the team leader approaches. One is every position and every opportunity you have, you're, you're going to have an opportunity to be a leader. Either one, you're a leader because you're uh, hosting a, a training of whatever uh, component you're managing. So let's say that you are uh, the IT person linked to the sales department. So you manage a sales application, the point of sales systems, et cetera. When you do a big upgrade, um, you're going to have to train those individuals. You have to make sure that, hey, their bugs are taken care of and um, the system is meeting all their needs. And so therefore to that sales department, you are the IT person, you know, who cares what your boss is or, you know, these other different groups and whatever they do is, you know, Genesis being our IT person for sales, she is the most important person in the entire world. And so being a team leader over Genesis, like if I went and met with these sales departments, even as a manager, they're like, who are you? And where's Genesis? She's the only person that kind of matters as part of it. And so, mm. you know, being a, a good leader is someone in the background, making sure that the sales department sees hey, anytime we need something from Genesis, we get it. And we did the big upgrade, man, the team was successful and fantastic. You know, they didn't know that, hey, we had to pull in a couple extra team members or, hey, we had to, mm -hmm. you know, really fight to get that tool from the sales department because IT didn't want to spend the money. And so um, you want your people to have the opportunity, you know, Genesis included, uh, back when we worked at Noble Energy, the opportunity to be a front person, to be a leader, to own something. Because if Genesis feels like she owns it, not the manager owns it, but if she owns that relationship, you know, you don't mind working after hours. You don't mind taking that call that, hey, the sales department systems broke. Hey, uh, oh, I'm, I'm Genesis. I'm going to jump right on it because, man, this I feel like I own this. Mm -hmm. And its success is, is linked to me and in, in how hard I work. Um, yeah. and, and that's something, I, going back to, again, uh, being a team leader, and having the opportunity to be, stay technical. If you can strive, if you are, do get an opportunity to move to management, I would try to say, hey, you know, what does my day-to-day -day look like? Do I lose some of that direct interaction with my customers? Do I lose my own little piece of green, uh, you know, feel that uh, I can build a relationship and the tools, et cetera? Because if you can get both, if you can say, hey, uh, can I do 20% of my work be a, a manager and the other 80% be a contributing team member, then maybe you can kind of get the both worlds and. Uh, you, I think in IT, you have more people willing to take on the mantle of leadership if you let them kind of, you know, have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Now, you make really good points. We might have to change the topic of this podcast to leadership with Clip or something like that. Well, I want to cover, um, I want to cover health and fitness too. So if we can talk about oh, health and fitness. 1,000%. I am, I've been crazy on the fitness, but and I'll tell you all about it, but. I just, Jennifer left out a huge part. Like, she's just so humble. My best friend's so humble. Love her. But she left. I can tell she's, she's humble. Just, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> she worked at Amazon. She was working at Amazon, gave Amazon up. And she, like, for a month, she was just, like, reading a bunch of books on, you know, finance or, or you know, self-help. And she was like, you know, okay, what am I going to do now, you know? And then she became a uh, notary. like, a, And then so she would go and, like, travel and get signed, get people to sign. And while she was doing that, she bought a house. Um, while she was still a notary, she bought two Airbnb locations wow. outside of the state. Yeah. Um, she just closed on one. And so she's been doing the Airbnb thing, right, the real estate thing. Um, the notary thing and then she actually took me and Jade under her wing and she Jade just bought a house and then I'm in the process of closing on a house so she's just 
you know, uh, all firing on all cylinders here. She's just so like she didn't say that, but I, I'm she's like incredible. Say that let's let's rename this to Jin and Friends. I think really it's <laughs> it's Jin and then all these other people that you know that kind of can prop her up, and we can hear more about her opinion. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Jen, no, incredible. The, gun. the motivation um, is extreme. You know, I, I'm a firm believer. There are certain people that have a key, like they are born with motivation. You can tell they pop their eyes open. They were looking around the, the hospital room to figure out, hey, what can I sell these people to make money? You know, kind of, <laughs> uh, thing. Um, but the, the, the drive, the motivation uh, piece of it is different for everybody. But it is it is incredible when you meet people like Jen who mm-hmm. um, just right from the get-go, you know that these people are going to be fantastic. I, good example. So my oldest um, just graduated high school and he um, – graduated with uh, two brothers. They're called the Martinez brothers. Okay. And so they, of course, they're one of the people that played the system. They graduate with like the one graduate the, the five Oh, the other one graduates like a four nine, but and, uh, they decided they're twins. They decided that one was going to go to Caltech and one was going to go to MIT. They were going to learn kind of the two different aspects of the, the same thing come together and build a company. But they believe that if they just went to one school or the other, they may not get the full, idea of, of kind of wow. the scenario of technology and stuff. But I'm like, mm-hmm. these kids are high school kids and they're like they're playing smart. the system of saying, Hey, I get the, I can get, you know, leak as much information from IT in Caltech, mm-hmm. uh, MIT in Caltech. And then like, you know, take the best of both worlds and we'll come up with a great product, et cetera. And I was like, I was chasing girls and trying to join the, the football team. And these kids are, have that <laughs> extreme motivation. And so it is really cool. And I think, uh, you know, the, the aspects of technology and the capabilities we have now of these kids that are extremely motivated, um, they have, you know, an incredible amount of information accessible to them. Mm-hmm. And you can quickly Google like, hey, you know, what's SAT score and what GPA do I need to get into MIT? And then, hey, how do you get a 5 And does it even exist? And if so, how do I play that system in my school district kind of thing? But these kids come into, you know, it's really starting eighth grade, having a full plan of like, this is a high school and college and stuff are going to look like. And so I think as, you know, completely unrelated to the topic, but going back to, to parenting is um, it's extremely exciting having people that are very motivated that can start these kids off at an early stage to, you know, realize their goals and see, hey, um, we have these twins and they're extremely motivated. How can we, you know, best provide them. And so I was very lucky to having uh, very motivational parents and, and driving parents. And I think, so the, the part that I got to experience too is one, the caring aspect of HR, the caring aspect of treating people kindly. Um, if I was ever rude to Genesis or something and she told my mother she'd be mad being an <laughs> HR lady, um, but you know, treat people with respect. And then uh, my father was a straight hard work, uh, cutthroat, get the project done, you know, uh, there's no project too large, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, multi-year, uh, we'd get accomplished and get it time. And so I think that the driver I got from there was um, no project too large. And so really every, every project is, is just a bunch of timelines and deliverables and great people. And so um, in a weird way, HR and construction came together and, and went into IT and and helped me do what I do. But I think everybody has, again, a, a background of, of what their parents did and how it kind of motivated them. That's just my background. Yeah, um, they say that you need to find what's uniquely about you because somebody might be really good at like, you know, writing a book, right? Um, Someone might be good at drawing and it's like, you might be good at writing and drawing and therefore you can create this like comic series, right? Something that just the writer wouldn't be able to do or just the artist wouldn't be able to do. So everybody has their own unique cocktail of like what they're good at, which makes them really good at this one thing that other people probably wouldn't be as good at. (laughs) And that's why you need to like, it's up to you to find your purpose in this world and what you're best at. That's your job. You know, your purpose is to figure out your purpose. So absolutely. And I think that the flip side though, I, I wanted to cover the negative aspects too. So I, uh, just like with everybody, uh, secretly have things wrong with me. I have a, a bad, what they, they call the imposter syndrome. Ooh, uh, yeah. And I think I think a, a lot of people have this as well, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I'll cover a little bit when we talk about health and fitness. But, um, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to get up on stage and talk about you know, a big project or, you know, leadership once you, in the year, hey, what did your team do and accomplish and stuff? And so um, I think it's, uh, I was able to take it more as kind of being funny, but 
Um, I think the, the imposter syndrome of seeing people, and I, I'm going to pick on Jen for a second. So whenever you see incredibly successful people, highly motivated people, you know, right from the get go, uh, go off and do it. I think there's an initial belief that they have something you don't, right? And I think that Jen, I think would step out. I'll speak for Jen, but I think she would say, "Is no, that's not the case." You know, I, I just like everyone else have uh, fears. You know, maybe like not the Elon Musk. Uh, I've seen him walk on stage, and he seems to have no problem getting up there and just blabbing and talking. But um, I think the an imposter syndrome or the idea that hey. Who am I to get on a podcast and talk to some fantastic people like the, the Council of Gins about myself? Um, but I think you have to, one, understand that I think everybody has those fears, you know, or at least everybody except for me, like the Elon Musk or the Gins. Everybody has those fears out there, and it is challenging for everybody. And uh, everybody stays up late the, the night before that they have to go and talk in front of the, the whole company, and you're like, wow, I can't believe – you know, Genesis got there and talked for the whole company. Yeah, but she got no sleep last night, you know, and it was uh, sitting in a cold bathtub, you know, shivering uh, all night. Um, and so I think the, the part that you have to drive to is, you know, it does get easier. But that very first time, maybe the fifth time, maybe the tenth time that you had to get up there on, on stage, everybody fears that, right? But I think that the driver of it is and the part that kind of it goes to the, the very end of it is – there's and this. This is not my quote. I just I just remember it. It's uh, there's magic on the other side of fear, right? Which is at the very end of it, just like a roller coaster. Um, you went out and did it, and you're so proud of yourself. And then after that, it's a little bit easier. You know, just like the very first time that you go and and work out. Um, you know, you don't seem like you know what you're doing. Like, how does this machine work? And your arms are flaring, and you're you're doing jumping jacks. And you're like, I look retarded. Sorry, I, I know. Sorry, I'm looking. Uh, uh, dumb and I don't belong here. And mm -hmm. at a certain point, you know, it gets boring and it's not exciting and it's not nearly as, as fun as it was initially whenever you uh, uh, started doing it. But I think if it, be it the imposter syndrome or um, you're an introvert or you have a lisp and you feel like, hey, if I get up there, they're just going to make fun of me. Um, just you have to believe that, hey, there is magic. There is something great that is going to come about fighting any time that you step in front of fear and, and fight it. Mm, and so uh, there's every single time that I've had the great opportunity of talking in front of and going back to the, again, the, the Walmart, um, I was, was able as part of a manager to be in front of a lot of people. And at the end of the day, I was supposed to like kind of rally troops about, Hey, this is what we're going to do clothes. And we're going to clean things up and you know, go team. And, mm -hmm. and I always felt so stupid sticking my hand out there in preparation for like the go team and like mm -hmm. raising it up. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, this stuff matters. You know, one mm -hmm. is if, if you don't show excitement as a leader mm -hmm. and care, you know, you can't expect others to, to care as well. Yeah. Or like if you don't go up there and show that, Hey, even introverts and uh, people with imposter syndrome are able to overcome their fears, then, uh, there's somebody out there like a Genesis who, if, if Cliff won't go out and do it or Cliff says it's stupid, yeah, it's stupid, you know, we're not going to go do that. I think I'm, I'm influencing others and I'm also influencing myself. I'm making mm -hmm. excuses. So mm -hmm. uh, anyways, so I, I do have that and I do have some other uh, pieces that make it maybe a little challenging to go out and be successful. But uh, man, you got to be proud of yourself for, for overcoming that stuff. And I have no doubts, even the great Jen probably has some pieces and some reservations whenever she... Uh, it goes out and, and, and does pieces of it. And, it. and you should be proud of yourself. You know, I think everybody does, maybe except for Elon. But everybody else, <laughs> we all have things we have to overcome. He's just, he's special. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Probably <laughs> me wants to go to Mars so badly. I, um, I, I, years ago, got to listen at Dell World. They had Elon Musk come out and speak. Okay. And they had us all close our eyes and he drove into the little facility with this Tesla. Of course, you couldn't hear anything because it was electric. But back wow. then, it was, it was amazing. Wow. You mm -hmm. know, there's a car driving inside. We couldn't hear anything. Uh, he was awful. He just rattled on, maybe like I'm doing right now, but he just rattled on as awful. And so my only experience hearing Elon uh, speak, you know, he does incredible stuff, right? The SpaceX and, and PayPal and uh, everything. He's at Tesla and everything. But Man, the guy just like rattled. It was awful. So again, maybe the Elon Musk have had bad days every once in a while. But he yeah. probably afterwards got off and was like, "Man, I did a great job. I'm so smart." <laughs> hey, man, it doesn't matter. Like your speeches do not matter when you were the first one to build those cars. You know what I mean? Okay. 
Um, so let's touch on the fitness thing. I, that was one of the a big reason why I brought you on clip, because I think you did something amazing where you just changed your health com mindset completely. Um, I'm not going to say anything. I want you to talk about it. I want you to talk about where you were and what fire got lit under you that you were like, I'm going to completely change why you did that. And just give us the spiel. No, absolutely. So I, um, when is I'll jump ahead a little bit. So I, I was heavy set. It uh, didn't matter about weights. I will tell you how much I lost, but um, I decided that I wanted to change and I ended up losing 70 pounds Yay. in about a year. And so I'm quite a bit smaller. I'm less cliff than I was before. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the starting point of it, and everybody has their own kind of uh, parts of it, but I, I did want to get healthy. And so I was out on vacation and I remember that I couldn't jog even like a set number of feet. I couldn't jog, you know, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet without, you know, kind of gasping fear. I was not in good shape. I wasn't really a, a bad driver of it. But um, I remember seeing people on the beach run, right? And I'm like, how amazing would that be to be healthy and to experience that? There's no, I can't remember who said the quote, but it said, um, what a, I'm going to mess this up, but y'all can find the real quotes uh, by Googling it. But uh, the quote is basically like everybody in their life should be able to experience what it's like to, to be healthy and be proud of their body, right? Mm. Now, I think there's lots of reasons to be proud of your body, you know, and, and every uh, frame is different. But whatever proud of your body means to you, how great is it that one of these days you're able to accomplish whatever that is, right? Mm. And so I decided that I was going to go do that. Mm. And so going back to, again, that, that posture syndrome so I was lucky enough that the company I was with had a gym um, in the office where I was working. So it, it gave me less excuses and, and more opportunity to go over there and do it. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, I don't. And so I, of course, go to a gym um, regularly. But so my journey started off with um, I went down there and I like scouted what everybody else is wearing. I'm like, okay, what are they wearing? What do I need to buy? And I bought myself some like gym shorts that look like everyone else's gym shorts. And I bought a t-shirt, like everyone else's t-shirt. And I went down there and um, I saw like some people were doing this and some people were doing the machines. And so I had to Google like what cardio meant. And I should do that first uh, before I, uh, I should do weights first and then cardio after that. Um, but I remember just jumping on there and the only thing I really knew how to do, of course, was that I wanted to try was to, to run. And so my first goal was I was going to run 30 seconds straight on the, the treadmill and then walk for a, a minute and then try doing 30 seconds at a time. And I just kind of did that for a little bit to the point of, of trying to start the concept of being healthy and, and starting to work out. Um, and then it slowly crept into, you know, running a minute at a time and then two minutes straight and then five minutes straight and kind of, uh, building it up. And then after I started doing that, of course, later on, I was like, Hey, maybe I want to do a challenge, you know, like the, the half marathons and all that stuff that, but that was much later on. But, um, you know, go back to that imposter syndrome is I thought I looked so silly cause I was, you know, I was, I was pretty heavy. I thought I looked so silly, this heavy set guy jumping on a treadmill and running for like 30 seconds and then having to take like a five minute break of huffing and puffing. <laughs> um, but I knew that uh, that's what healthy people did. That's what you know, the people that were out there that were getting trained up, the body physique and the, the uh, situation that I wanted to be to, that's what they were doing. So I was just straight up just following them um, as an imposter. Uh, years later, of course, I a little bit better in terms of you know reading up on the proper way of doing each exercise and um, uh, what I can be the most effective at in my time, et cetera. But the big driver of starting it off was really just showing up there a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. If anything, the only motivation I had was I was going to go three times and later on it came four times a week. Um, I may not really know what I was going to do at the time, like whatever was fun. And I would swing my arms on this machine and I would run over here and do this machine. But man, I was going to go those days. And that was the mm -hmm. only motivation that I had as the, the driver of it. Um, I did learn a couple things as part of my, my weight loss journey is number one. And I know people don't want to hear this, but it's the absolute truth is you don't lose weight at the gym. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't understand like what a calorie is in how, you know, a, a 20, and a 200 calorie soda is like, you know, 20 minutes of running on a treadmill. Like it's, it's really, uh, does the, it match up? 
it, it does, it does, the effort does not match up at all. Yeah. It does not match up the effort. So uh, <laughs> j- just like a lot of people, I went to the gym and wasn't getting really any results at all and had to uh-huh. do more research. And so I think the the health and fitness topics I'd like to cover is number one, the way that I was able to get my weight under control was one, um, and everybody has kind of their own their own driver, was a, a fantastic app called uh, MyFitnessPal. Mm-hmm. There's lots of apps that do it, but yeah. understand the concept of, you know, what I was eating, uh, how many calories I actually could eat per day, um, making sure I did less of those calories and the gym kind of made it a little bit easier to get a little bit less than that as part of it. But right, for, yeah. for, health, for health and fitness, I think a lot of people, and I know I've seen this at the gym where I see people that are being regular, they're being fantastic, they're going out there working, and I don't think that they're getting the results they want and I know why, of course, it's none of my business walking over there and be like, hey, I'm some stranger and what'd you have for breakfast this morning? But mm-hmm. I do say if, if you do want to start that, that health and fitness journey, um, there's two pieces. One, of course, some great apps that help you track your calories so you understand that, hey, you know, that, that muffin looks good and you think muffins are healthy, but maybe it has, you know, a mass amount of calories mm-hmm. versus some, some oatmeal. Um, for me, I'm substituting maybe normal chip for baked chips trying to cut back a little bit on portions. It was, was very helpful to me, but really you got to understand that weight loss doesn't occur at the gym. You really got to start in the kitchen and, and that's the, the drivers that was successful for me and able to, to help me get my, my weight down initially. So um, completely off the topic, but I, I think a lot of people in health and fitness, and I'm not sure that people always hear that direct because I think a lot of they hear about health and fitness, it's off of ads trying to sell you a machine or whatever. And mm-hmm. Bowflexes look really cool. And man, that Peloton is, is awesome. And you'll be one of the cool kids that, you know, sit there pedaling in front of your, your video camera. But I think if you do want to lose weight, you got to start, you know, eating healthy and, and starting in the kitchen. So. Yeah, absolutely. Cliff, were you always uh, kind of conscious of how you were eating or always kind of athletic back in whenever you were in your teens in high school? No, great question. So I, um, all through intermediate school and high school, I was in, you know, the football program and in baseball and got to climb up there into like the, the varsity level and stuff. And so food and weight was never an issue in terms of wanting to lose weight. If anything, it was, you exercise just so much extremes and all the running around and, and, uh, being just a high school kid and in, in adrenaline, I had to eat more. So basically it was as much as I could possibly shove into my face. The bigger I was, the coaches loved being big and in football. Mm. And so, uh, and that's for me, the big shift of, of high school, eating whatever you want, not ever being even a concern to corporate world where you're, you're sitting on your butt all day mm-hmm. and you're busy and you're on the phone and working and stuff. And, but you're sedimentary. And so I didn't make that transition well. So really for me, it was always being, you know, relatively skinny and healthy and, uh, through sports, jumping in the corporate world, seeing my weight, you know, kind of grow out of control. And, and it's really, I'd say overnight, you don't even realize you're so busy on goals and making money and, and trying to strive for your boss's job, et cetera, that you wake up, you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I got a three rolls under my neck. And how did that happen? And, you know, and not knowing really how, um, to get rhythm, you know, with, with kids and a job and, and maybe an, an hour long commute downtown, uh, when do I have time to kind of start injecting healthiness into my life? You know, I have other priorities and et cetera. And I think luckily for me, um, I was able to do so before I got uh, too up in age where maybe my knees knock out and, I, and I'm not able to be as healthy and and exercise regularly. Thank goodness I did kind of, I would say young, well into my 30s, but uh, was still able to enjoy some time where I could uh, be healthier before it started impacting my you know overall health. Yeah. Um, I think that it's good that you felt like you wanted to be challenged in a certain way, like the half marathons, because that's kind of how I have a kind of, you know, leveled up in my fitness. Um, so I started doing Camp Gladiator. Have you heard of that, Cliff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's where I started my fitness journey with Camp. Well, no, I didn't start my fitness journey there. <laughs> you know, that started away in high school. But, um, you know, like with school and college, you do kind of get off, hop off it. And so this year, I think in 2019 was when I, w- I was like really serious about losing weight because I kind of always went to the gym and lifted. But you're right, like I, my diet wasn't there and therefore I was seeing absolutely no results. 
Um, so I started using my fitness bell and tracking for like a whole year in 2019. Um, and so I think I lost like 15 to 20 pounds in that year. And then, um, you know, I was up, up and down, you know, waving, but this year, this recent year, these last 12 months, um, I found out that if I just have like a very specific goal that has a deadline, like I work harder, like my body works harder, you know, not to say that like the exercise that you do can contribute to big weight loss, because if you are exercising freakishly a lot, that'll, you know, you almost can't eat whatever you want because you're working out so much. Um, but you don't want to, like you want to feed your body what it needs in order to do these crazy workouts. Right. right. And so, I was training for the Tough Mudder. The Tough Mudder was the first thing that was like my big challenge. And so I would like go do Camp Gladiator for an hour and immediately after I'd go run three miles and then I'd get home so tired, so exhausted. I would just like protein shake and I'm go I'm asleep, you know? And so um, the mixture of that, like I dropped 10 pounds in like no time at all. And I wasn't even thinking about it. Like, you know, in 2019 when I was calorie counting, all I thought about was food. You know, what am I going to eat? for dinner you know what am i gonna eat for the rest of the week i'm planning it out i'm thinking about food i'm hungry this isn't that but when i was training i wasn't really thinking about that other than you know i was just used to meal prepping already um but i mean i just lost the weight because i was just so having it having a goal like that was much more motivating than just i want to lose weight you know what what you talked about your journey but i think there's journeys in every aspect of your life i think you know starting maybe in, in high school and you know, let's say you're doing volleyball or whatever activities and then you end up at a dorm and you're not playing regular sports. Like that's a, that's a journey of then your own maturity of, of going out there and in exercising, but it, Hey, you got a, a free local gym. I just got to walk, you know, five blocks down there and, and make sure I put on some respectable clothes and Hey, I can go work out and it's there. And then maybe you finish college and now you're like, Oh, I gotta go pay for it. And I gotta go drive 30 minutes to it. And yeah. And I think that's the the journey could be the, just the challenges of um, whatever situation, keeping health in mind, right? Mm -hmm. And it's easier as you're younger, and it gets harder and less, you know, less time in your life. And then I think you know, career wise, of course, you start your career, but you got to also go to the gym early in the morning and, and wake up and cut into your sleep. And then maybe you start having kids, and then hey, now the kids are taking all your time, and now you've, mm -hmm. you know, I think that health and fitness, it's it is always hard to do not the workouts. Maybe it's, it's fun to go work out or, you know, you play racquetball with your buddies, but it, it's hard just to mentally making sure that you make time in your day for health. And, you know, the, the three mile runs and the uh, camp gladiators or the Zumbas, my wife loves the Zumba and, and the, the dancing aspect of it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go Zumba personally, but it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's fun for her. That's fantastic. You know, and, or lifting weights, but I think mm -hmm. just making sure in your life, I think that you're keeping, health aspect of it because uh, if you don't you know keep up with it especially as you're making these life changes and you know the next phase of your life and how the situation do it it's very easy that you know five years creeps by and then you're 70 pounds heavier than you were and, and you're not healthy with yourself yeah yeah so for those listening right it's like if that is something that you want to do right get on a journey to a healthier you you would first have to focus on your diet like above else focus on that diet clean it up a bit start getting into the gym or doing a workout that you have a lot of fun with because if you like it you'll stick with it and once you feel like you're you know you're like okay i'm getting fit then maybe have a challenge for yourself like whether it's half marathon or for me like you know the tough mudder um because you know having a tough mudder when you're like at zero level of fitness might be super intimidating but once you're leveling up you know it starts getting even more fun because you're proud and you're like oh my god you know i'm so strong and then leveling up but yeah definitely you know start in the kitchen and my fitness pal is an amazing app that can be utilized in order to reach your goals that's fantastic i think another piece um that you know our pre-discussion we talk about um the, the question of of what drives you i think in in uh the professional aspect and also the, the health aspects of it is at a certain point you're going to reach whatever that goal is so professionally, let's say that you, you become the sales director for the region, Jen, and, and man, it's, it's incredible. And, and I'm making tons of money. And I have the, I have the exact S 600 uh, Mercedes that I wanted. And I have, you know, 4,000 square foot home and, and mm -hmm. everything as part of it is, you know, the plateau of realization of like kind of what's next. Right. And 
Um, you know, in health, as well as the professional aspect of it is um, what's driving you at the time and then kind of what your goals are at the time. Because I think if you don't have a goal and going back to it, let's say that you start your journey, it's maybe a little bit easier, which is just, hey, start regularly going to the gym and I'm going to lose X number of weight. And this is how much weight I'm going to lose. It's me 30 pounds. And then you hit 30 pounds and you're like, okay, kind of what's next? I think the the goals that you set yourself out for it still need to be rewarding. And you know, professionally, you have to kind of uh, drive through goals. But I think uh, I think it's a good idea to decide at the beginning of your journey, this is what my goal is going to be. And then this is what I'm going to do after that. And so that once you do hit that immediate goal, there isn't like this drop off. And I, and I think a lot of people do this with, with college, which is, you know, all the way through intermediate school and high school, it's man working the GPA. I'm going to play it. I'm going to get that four, four and holy cow. I got that, you know, uh, 1800 on the SAT or now let's say it's a 1400 SAT. So I get into school I want. And, and then like you go into the corporate world and they stick you in a cube in a stack of papers. And you're like, wait, I've been working eight years and now I'm, I'm processing papers. And so I think uh, just like with the, the health and fitness, as well as the professional goal of it is, uh, building up to a certain aspect, but also a, Hey, um, once I do reach that, what are my goals after that? You know, what is the five, 10 year, 20 year goal as part of that? Just so that you don't hit this trough of, of, okay, kind of what's next or like, Hey, I don't feel like I have anything to, to drive for. The reason I bring that up being in, in it for 20 years. So for many years, my goal was always, of course, I wanted to be the top technical person in the group, you know, let's say the architect or leadership or whatever it was. And so you fight for many years, this very clear goal. You do that for 10 years, you know, all the challenges and the projects to get there and you get there. And then you're like, okay, what's next? It's literally the same thing every day. And kind of what's my, my driver as part of that. And also I kind of felt that a little bit with my, my health goals, which was for so long, I was going for weight loss. You know, I got a little bit underweight and then I was like, okay, do I, not, you know, uh, focus on that. What's my next goal? Is it build muscles? And, and, um, it's in, in your life. And I think also the health aspect of it, you always got to have those goals and don't have a major goal and a drop off. And that's a, a, a long rattle way of, of kind of saying that. I, I think a lot of college kids have that aspect of it. Yeah, and, sure. and when they hit, when they hit corporate world, and hopefully you had a great boss. And so I know you had a good experience, but when you go into corporate world, sometimes it's very anticlimactic. It's not nearly, or it takes you two years to find a job. You know, you you leave college, it's fantastic, and I got the ring, and I did a great GPA, and now I'm working at Starbucks again. You know, this isn't what I, I signed up for. But yeah. it does it, it does get better, and, and the continuation goals can be just as fun as as reaching those initial goals. Just make sure you, you set them out. That's it. It's um, for just from professional experience. I really love that you see that, Cliff, because I'm, like, going through it myself and through my adult 20s that I'm just now finding out it cannot just be the one year, two year, three or four year goal. There needs to be something more that keeps pushing us and pushing us to a level of new levels and new growth. Because like you said, if you reach that one year, two year, three year goal and you've achieved it and nothing like you've got it, you felt that sort of like euphoric moment whenever that happens and then you may or may not fall off a cliff because there was not a goal after that, right? So I can definitely attest to that because college was it for me as a teen. So, you know, you work hard in, in your high school years and then throughout your college years, you work towards something and boom, graduated, right? You get the job that you wanted or you thought you wanted. And, and then you go through that, you go through the corporate world, like you said, get stuck in a cube or something and then holy crap, this is not where I want to be, right? Or if it is it is where you want to be, cool, right? I didn't have a sense of where I wanted to be after college. So there was a drop, you know? So I had like a mini like panic mode. Actually, I've, I still have mini panic modes now because I am finding out, like you said, there needs to be a, like a long-term goal, almost like a mission, right? A mission in your life, in your career, um, that's higher that you can probably even think or achieve because it gets you to a point of wanting to keep growing right so and it's just something to do you know what I mean it's just kind of like 
I believe, and I believe everyone on this podcast and hopefully our audience as well is, um, is either figured it out or starting to figure out that happiness is, is coming from doing, it's coming from growth, um, never giving up, you know, it's just, it's the act of doing, the act of being creative and however you're going to call, um, success in life for you, but basically the point is, you know, don't remain stagnant. So anytime you feel some sort of, some feeling of stagnation or drop in life, like you're not really doing anything, seriously, all it takes is getting up and doing something. Set yourself up right. So Cliff, if you could tell young Cliff something, what would it be? Okay, so I I think uh, this is probably answered in in two parts, which is one, um, in, in bad situations, it's, there's going to be a lot, there are lots of bad situations that, that popped up in Cliff's life is just knowing that it always worked out in the end. And it seems like, you know, even um, older Cliff knowing this, and I tell myself this whenever a bad situation pops up, um, you know, a critical project where everything's falling apart and you're like, hey, it's not good. Or, or maybe you don't get that acceptance letter into the school that you wanted. Now your whole world's falling apart. Um, it always does work out in the end. And it's rarely what you originally, I think, thought it was going to be when you started that journey, but um, many times, and there's actually an old uh, Garth Brooks song about um, him not ending up with the the original girl that he thought he wanted and how much better it was as, as part of it is, um, life always seems to kind of either work out or in the direction of, of being able to find happiness. But mm-hmm. I, I think the part that I would, I would tell early Cliff is um, if, if you're unhappy about something, you have to figure out really what the root cause of that unhappiness is. So if you don't like the job and you're mundane or you um, just don't, the situation that you're in is not what you, you thought of it is. There's a lot of times that you can build up this idea that uh, I'm unhappy because of X, you know, or, or weight, et cetera. And then um, taking opportunity to really figure out kind of what's causing that and then making a plan for it. Uh, Jen just hit on it, which is, you know, stop complaining if you're not going to do anything about it. And so I think that's the, the second part I would um, uh, tell Cliff is, you know, for many years, and uh, one piece that you uh, dropped out early is um, me going back to school, <clears throat> you know, I'm back to school because um, because of early situations, I wasn't able to complete college right at the beginning. And that part, you know, always bothered me. It, it didn't matter later on in my career because people wanted, you know, the experience I had more than, um, you know, an initial education, but it just bothered me. Like, why in the world did I not finish that a piece of it? And then it's like, well, uh, Cliff, instead of complaining about it, why don't you go back to school and, and, and finish it up? And that way you have that to no longer complain about it. It fixes the situation and you can find new stuff to be complaining about. So the, I think those two pieces go together. So number one is figure out the source your unhappiness and make a plan about it. And no matter how difficult the plan is that you're following or that situation, it will work out as long as you start it and want to put the effort in to, to see it drive through. Um, now, maybe at the end, you know, being this, the world sales director that Jen's going to be is uh, later on her priorities change and she has to adjust it up. Sometimes you change your goals, you know, and but I think that's also kind of the, the driver of just having a goal and what's making you unhappy and then what you're going to do to kind of fix it. So, that's a piece I'll tell Cliff is uh, don't let things fester that you're unhappy with forever. You got to jump on it and tackle it so that it's an, one uh, piece off of your shoulders that you you know, can free yourself up in your mind up to be able to be happy with your current situation. I love that, Cliff. Yeah, good answer. Thank you guys for having me on and letting me rattle for uh, <laughs> a full hour about complete randomness, whatever Cliff uh, having to pop into his brain at the time, but uh, extremely motivated by by watching you guys and listening to your podcast and uh, listening to Jade and Carmen and their journeys was also very cool. Oh yeah, listen the, to it. The, the quality awesome. of your guest is going downhill though. <laughs> listening to, to Jade and then Carmen and your know, Rice MBA and then there's uh, a Cliff that came from Walmart. You know, but it's it's okay. Eventually you'll you'll pick back up and we'll get more of of Jen's story. Yeah, just like yeah i'm sure you were i was blown away by carmen's story didn't know a lot about that everyone who listens to this podcast that knows you's going to be blown away by your walmart story um it's just everyone just has these really unique and interesting backgrounds you know and that's why why we love interviewing people 
No, it's great. And uh, two, again, two extremely motivated people hosting a great podcast. But uh, thank you guys for having me on. And if you ever need any IT assistance um, <laughs> or uh, questions about where stuff is at Walmart, you know, <laughs> please reach out to me. Let me know. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever you find your IT professionals. But... Yeah, wherever you find IT professionals. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at shapeshifters.com, shapeshifters podcast. And you can email us at shapeshifterspodcast at gmail.com with any questions that you might have, whether they're real estate related, health, fitness, or anything else that you find on our Instagram page. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next episode. Bye. Okay, so.